Welcome to today's broadcast of Sun, Salt, and Light. Sun, Salt, and Light, S-O-N, knowing and growing in your daily relationship with Jesus Christ, but also being the salt and the light in your marriage, in your family, at your place of work, at your church, and even in the community you're in. I'm Pastor Michael Petit. This is a radio ministry of our church, Calvary Chapel Divine, here in Divine, Texas. We are so glad that you joined us for today's broadcast. We are a Calvary Chapel, so we simply teach the Bible verse by verse, chapter by chapter. We believe that God uses His Word to transform, restore, and to change lives one verse at a time. If you're visiting our area, you'd like to get information about our church or church service times, maybe even track down some of the other teachings that we have available through podcasts, whether it's through Audible or Spotify or Apple Podcasts, you can do all of that at our church website at calvarydivine.org. That's calvarydivine.org. If you have your Bibles ready, today we'll be concluding the book of Ephesians as we've done this verse-by-verse study. We'll be in chapter 6 today, verses 1 through 24. This is the second half and conclusion of this two-part study. In our lifetime. You think about what happened, you know, in Israel. They're talking about the last time they've seen something like that was the Holocaust. The Holocaust. I I can tell you that that when men are given the opportunity, when temptation is there and the opportunity and desire is there, men will do some of the most evil things because they've been given over to darkness. It's, It's where we're at in our world today. We're in the evil day where we have kids being taught how to how to cast cast out or cast uh, demons and spells, teaching them to be witches on TikTok. You know, we're, we're seeing it today and, and we're seeing that those assaults are continuing to come. So there is a spiritual warfare that is happening around us. But he's telling you as as a, a follower of Christ that you are to be in a you're in a fierce battle, but you Uh, you're to maintain a a very militant position through your lifetime as a follower of Christ, meaning that you are to be ready for the evil day because it's going to be there every day. The temptations are going to be there every day. The battle, the spiritual battle, the, the, the fierce things that are happening in our world are happening around us. And you are to be a follower of Christ that's a light for this world. And we need to be that. He tells you again in verse 14, there's the word stand again. If you were studying this, every time you see something repeated, you need to highlight it or put a a line under it because you're seeing the word stand, stand, stand firm. Like it's important. Stand therefore, having fastened on the belt of truth. Now, we can go into all the Roman garb and how Paul was writing this, but the belt of truth would it be actually how everything is held together for the uniform and, and all the different pieces that need to be there, including the sword. But we also understand that truth is the revelation of God. Truth is found in Jesus Christ. Truth is in the inerrant Word of God. That's truth. That's why reading the Word of God, if, if the enemy is constantly attacking you with his lies, you need to go to truth. The truth. That's how you combat the lies of the devil. It's not binge-watching something on TV. It's not turning on the news. Go Go to God. Go to His Son. Go to His Word. Go to Him in prayer. 
Seek the truth. Jesus is the truth. In John 14, 6, it says, Jesus said to him, I am the way and the truth and the life, and no one comes to the Father except through me. And isn't it funny that the, the thing that holds the sword is the truth, and this is your sword. It's held together by the sword of God's Word. You have the belt of truth, and you have it sheathed and ready to go into action. But you need that belt of truth to be put on every day. Not just, oh, it's Sunday. Let me get the belt of truth on. Uh, have you seen my belt? I can't find my belt. You can't find it. You start, you start getting a, a, a worldview and it starts messing with your truth. Your truth is found only in Jesus Christ. Only in Jesus Christ. Everything that we're seeing happening in the world today is in the book of Revelation. It's in the book of Daniel. We are in, in times. Wake up. The rapture can happen like that. And you need to be ready. And he's telling you, until, you're, until I come, dig in and stand and have on the whole armor of God. First thing he tells you to put on is the belt of truth. And then he says, and having put on the breastplate of righteousness. Whose righteousness are you putting on? Not yours. Not mine. It won't save you from anything. God's righteousness. His Son. Jesus Christ, His righteousness. That's why we, we tell you all the time when God sees you, if you're a follower of Christ, He sees His Son because you're covered by the blood of Christ. By what was done on the cross. In 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 12, it says, For our sake He made Him to be sin who knew no sin, so that in Him we might become the righteousness of God. Our righteousness will not help us in the attacks of Satan. Okay? It won't. His righteousness will. His truth will. In 1 John chapter 2, verse 29, it says, If you know that He is righteous, you may be sure that everyone who practices righteousness has been born of Him. People will get on to me and say, well, we're supposed to practice holiness or practice righteousness. It's in Scripture. Because you can't maintain it on your own. You will fall at some point. Just like David, Solomon... And Samson all fell. Your feet are made of clay just like theirs are. And thank God for His righteousness. And thank God for His salvation. That you're His. You practice righteousness. In 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 22, So flee from youthful passion and pursue righteousness. So you practice righteousness. You pursue righteousness. And we do that by being imitators of Christ. Be obedient to Him. That's the easiest way for you to practice righteousness. If it tells you not to do it in the Bible, don't do it. If you've done it and it said not to do it, repent, confess it, and turn back to Him. It's, it, we have to be imitators of God. In verse 15, And, and as the shoes of, for your feet, having put on the readiness given by the gospel of peace, John 14, 27, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give it to you. Let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. There is no such thing as peace on earth. Okay? Until Jesus returns, judgment is done, then there will be peace on earth. Peace in the Middle East is a, is, a, is a fad that may happen for a period. Peace in America is, is we don't even have peace in the church right now. 
There was division that was so bad in the church in 2020 and 2021. We didn't even have peace. Your peace is in Jesus Christ. That's where you find peace. If you're struggling with no peace in your life, search Jesus. He is peace. He is peace. He tells you that the gospel of peace, that's the message that you need to, to send out. And that's what Austin Carlisle is coming to do. He's, he is he, an evangelist at heart. He wants to, to share the gospel of peace. In Romans 10, 15, it says, And how, how are they preached unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the good news. They have to be sent. And that, that word having put on the readiness given the gospel of peace, that means that you are constantly vigilant and ready. You're trained. You know how to share your faith. And you're ready to share it when it's time. Why? Because your feet are firmly planted. You're dug in. No matter what attack happens, and many of us have gone through that when we're trying to share somebody the gospel, the gospel of peace, and what happens? Have you ever been with somebody one-on-one -on -one and there's a group of them and then the chatter starts? You're talking to that one person and then this person starts chiming in or this person starts chiming in and the enemy's using them. And you don't get... You're steady, you're firm. I got a gospel message that the, I, this one is listening to me. This is who it's for. These other ones are not, they're just there to create disruption. And the enemy does that. He's constantly attacking. He's constantly wanting you to not, he just wants you to walk away and give up and not share the gospel. But that's not what we've been called to do. We've been commanded to do this. In Isaiah 52, verse 7, it says, How beautiful upon the mountains are the feet of him who bring good news, who publishes peace, who, bring, uh, who brings good news of happiness, who publishes salvation, who says to Zion, your God reigns. Our peace comes from Christ. And he's not calling you to stay inside a comfortable church. Like it's easy for us to be Christians here because we're all following Christ. and Right? But it's like, are you going to be that person who's got that gospel message of peace that you're going to give at HEB or at Walmart or in the parking lot of a hospital? Like, is that going to be you? Will you, you be used that way? Because when you have the armor of God on, the Holy Spirit lets you know, hey, you got to go share with that person. Are you going to go do it? Are you going to start getting in your head going, I don't have no clue what I'm going to say. Man, I never know what I'm going to say. Um, I, that's why you go to the Holy Spirit and say, Lord, give me words. It's not about doctrinal theology arguments. It's not about arguing at all. It's just say, hey, man, Jesus loves you and wants a relationship with you. That's it. And don't ask them if they know. Do you know Jesus? They all know Jesus. They all know him. But do they follow him? Right? Google, man, they, got, they can Google Jesus and they know. Right? We need, to, we need to be ready with the gospel of peace. Ephesians 6.16, In all circumstances, take up the shield of faith, which you can extinguish all the flaming darts of the evil one. Now, before Christ, I watched a movie called 300. Don't watch it, okay? I'm not recommending the movie, but there is a tactic that you can actually study uh, and, and one of the things that they would do when, and the reason they were so successful is the way that they used their shields. When their shields were together, they would protect each other from the flaming darts that would be shot at them. Because they would dip the darts in oil and they would set them on fire and shoot. 
And so that way when it hit something, not only did it hit, it would catch them on fire. And, and so when I read that verse, I think to myself, the shield of faith, I'm like, and some of you may have in your, your, your Bible verse there, above all. And so it'll say above all uh, circumstances take up the shield of faith. And so the faith is, is truth and action. And faith is tethered to truth. So if you don't have a basis of truth, of knowing Christ, right, the truth of Christ, you're going to struggle in your faith. And that's why you're going to get bombarded with the darts and get hit and knocked over, and that's part of it. Hebrews chapter 11, verses 1 through 3 says, Now faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction, conviction of things not seen for it. For by it the people of old received the commendation by faith. We understand that the universe was created by the word of God, so that when, uh, when what is seen was not made out of things that are visible. See, our faith is... is understanding that those fiery darts are going to come every day and those fiery darts are going to be things like wrapped around your feelings and your emotions and your imaginations and satan's going to just keep hurling things at you like the worst circumstances that could ever happen and you have to take your faith with the truth that's paired with the truth and combat those and extinguish those fires when they come those darts Faith turns them back. Faith turns them back. It's, and, and that's important for us. And it, it's, they're, they're partnering together, faith and truth. And he says, take the helmet of salvation. And that is the insurance of our salvation. That we understand that you cannot lose your salvation. Right? Chuck would always say, once saved, always saved, as long as you abide. And you go, well, I don't know if I'm abiding. If you're... If you're, God's working on your heart still, like, I need to get back to church. You know what? I need to get back to my relationship with Christ. God is still moving in your heart, still working in your heart. That helmet of salvation is important to understand is that you're, you're saved, you're His. And you understand when you struggle with your faith, what is the first thing that people will question? Their salvation. Their salvation. Be, be understanding. You knew when you were called. You knew when you were saved. You were there. You knew. I remember the day. I remember it was three, almost 3.30 in the morning. I can, t I can go to the house. I can show you where I, man, where I, I fell to the ground. I can tell you everything because I was there. My salvation is secure. But what happens is when people struggle in their faith, they start questioning their salvation. And, and we need to be careful of not doing that. Matthew chapter 10, verse 28 says, And do not fear those who kill the body but cannot kill the soul, but rather fear him who is able to destroy both soul and the body in hell. And that's Jesus speaking in that verse. It's important for us to remember that, that we will have thoughts that the devil will try to bring to make you question your faith, make you question salvation, even make you question truth. In 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 5, it says, We destroy arguments and every lofty of opinion raised against the knowledge of God. Go to God's Word. And if you, you go, man, I'm, I'm struggling this. Can you show me in Scripture? Get with somebody that will walk you through it. And take every thought captive to obey Christ. You take every thought captive. You obey Christ. One of the ways that we secure and have that helmet secured is we renew our minds. If you're going to be on the battlefield, you need to renew your mind. Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2. With God's Word, when you have the truth of God's Word, it actually 
removes those old ideas and replaces those worldviews with a biblical worldview and a biblical perspective. And we have to continue to wash away the world's filth and lies and confusion that it tries to place in our minds with God's Word. You need to renew your mind. You also need to keep an eternal perspective. The author's unknown, but I love this. If it doesn't have eternal significance, it's not important. Now, some of you are probably thinking, well, what do you mean? If it doesn't have eternal significance, it's not important. Matthew chapter 6, verse 20. But lay up your treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys, where thieves do not break in and steal. Be ready as if the rapture can happen at any moment. Have an eternal perspective with your salvation. It's eternal. And I need to have, this is not my home. This is not it. God's provided me armor to put on while I'm here. That's what I have to do to survive this world. And remember that you have victory. Christ died on the cross. We have victory. We're His. We're a new creation in Christ. In verse 17, And the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Now, I can spend a lot of time on this one. And, and I've, I've done teachings on just this one verse. But the Word of God is... is you know, if you go to John chapter 1, verse 1, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And then we read further on in, in, in John chapter 1, verse 14, and the Word became flesh. Jesus Christ is the Word, the Logos. You need to be in God's Word. You need, like, anybody who's been in combat, like, if you pull that weapon out, you better be willing to use it. And you better be ready to use it. That means when you need the Word of God to pull that sword out, to comfort somebody with the Word of God, to correct somebody with the Word of God, to encourage somebody with the Word of God, that's what the sword is for. But is it rusty? Do you, do you not know where your weapon is? Be careful with being on... Like, look, I, I love these things, right? Because I, I can do a lot of of cross-referencing and things with Scripture, and I get all that. But you need one of these. Because I can tell you, they've already, Pastor Rod shared this yesterday about AI and how they're already working on manipulating some of the translations already. And they're already appearing on, online. So you need to have the Word of God and you need to have a physical copy of the Word of God. Okay? If you don't have one, I have plenty. I'll gladly give you one. Or we'll get you one. Because you need to have a w the Word of God. Very important. Know where your weapon is at. Because it tells you in Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12, For the Word of God is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of the soul and spirit and of the joints and marrow, and is the discerner of thoughts and intents of the heart. And then I pay attention here as we go through verses 18 through 20 and catch the number of times you see the word all. Praying at all times in the Spirit, with all prayer and supplication, that's two. To that end, keep alert with all perseverance, making supplication, that's three. For all the saints, that's four. And also for me, that the words may be given to me in the opening, my mouth boldly to proclaim in the mystery of the gospel for which I am an ambassador in chains, that I may declare it boldly as I ought to speak. Praying in all times in the Spirit. 
I love that. But he also tells us in Romans 12, 12, rejoicing in hope, patience and tri uh, tribulation, continuing instant prayer. Or Colossians chapter 4, verse 2, continue in prayer and watch in the same with thanksgiving. And then finally in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 17, praying without ceasing. We see that once you put on the whole armor of God, what are you to do? Pray. Some of you, like if you're a man, you're like, okay, let's go battle, right? Let's go shoot some stuff. Let's go, like, let's go to battle. No, your prayer is on your knees. You pray. And I love what Paul says. Pray that I can share the gospel boldly. Pray for me in chains. I'm in chains and I want to continue to do the work that God has called me to do. We need to be a church that prays. We need to be brothers and sisters that pray for each other. And, I, I, and if you don't know what to pray for, you can pray for me as your pastor. I'll take it all day long. I need it. And then finally, we see as we put on the whole armor of God, we are to comfort others. Be a comfort to others in verses 21 through 24. We'll go through this real quick. But, at, but that you also may know my affairs and how I am doing. Tychus, a beloved brother and faithful minister in the Lord, will make all things known to you. Tychus is actually somebody who's been with Paul through Asia Minor. He was actually with him on a third missionary journey. You can read his name in Acts chapter 20, verse 4. He was also one of the ones who took the collection to Jerusalem during the famine. So Tychus has been with Paul for a while. And one of the things I love about Tychus is Tychus was serving alongside of Paul, was an encouragement to Paul, and was walking in faith and walking with Christ, following Christ as an obedient brother in the Lord. And my question to you is, are you a comfort to somebody? Are you known as a beloved brother or sister? If somebody was in the church, they would say, oh man, you got to meet so-and-so, he's so loving. I was talking to somebody yesterday about their, their faith and the struggles that they're having at their church. And, and, and unfortunately, I know the people they're talking about and things haven't changed and it's attitudes and hearts. And it's sad because they're not known as beloved brothers or sisters. And it's impacting the church in a negative way. My hope would be and, and, and my prayer would be is that y'all would continue to grow, to continue to grow that you would be a comfort to somebody. That you would be known as a beloved brother or sister in this church. That you would continue maturing and growing. I do not care how big this church is. Now pastors are online going, no, don't say that. I care more about you growing in Christ. I want to make sure you get that. I care more that you would be known as a beloved, encouraging servant of Jesus Christ. That that's how they would know you. Oh man, hey, there ain't but maybe 20 people, 30 people in that church over there. But they're, they're loving. They're loving. You feel the love when you walk in that church. And they're growing in Christ. Look, you can have, I've told you, you can have 300, you can have 3,000 people in a church. And if they're not growing, they're just people in a building. That's the whole purpose of the book of Ephesians. As we close this out, whom... I've sent to you the very purpose that you may know our affairs, that he may comfort your hearts. So he's going to send Tychus to comfort others. Like, could you be sent out to comfort others? Or would you be the last person? No, don't send, don't send Mike, man. He ain't going to comfort nobody. Right? I would pray that you would be that person that they could send out. 
Peace to the brethren in love with faith from God the Father and Lord Jesus Christ. Grace be with you all those who love our Lord Jesus Christ in sincerity. What a beautiful book the book of Ephesians is. And I'm excited to jump into the book of Malachi right before we get into Advent. I, I'm, I'm, I'm ready. I'm like, I'm looking forward to it. But what I want to end up with here is, is something that David Guzik wrote. David Guzik does commentary uh, for Enduring, Enduring Word. Uh, and he wrote this. He goes, as a Christian, you have to ask your, your, the question, are you standing? And here's what he wrote. We stand in grace, Romans chapter 5, verse 2. We stand in the gospel, 1 Corinthians 15, verse 1. We stand in courage and strength in 1 Corinthians 16, 13. We stand in faith in 2 Corinthians 1, chapter, chapter 1, verse 24. We stand in Christian liberty in Galatians chapter 5, verse 1. We stand in Christian unity in Philippians chapter 1, verse 27. We stand in the Lord in Philippians chapter 4, verse 1. And we should stand and stand perfect and complete in the will of God in Colossians chapter 4, verse 12. We need to be standing, okay? We need to be standing. Well, that concludes today's broadcast of Sun, Salt, and Light Radio. We hope that you enjoyed it. If you'd like to submit a prayer request or get in contact with us or find out service times, you can do all of that at our website, uh, as well as get uh, our podcast at Spotify, Audible, TuneIn Radio. Pretty much wherever you can find a podcast, uh, you, you can just type in Sun, Salt, and Light, and you'll find it. 